guys, welcome to our show. Today we discuss about winning ACO support, gaining buy-in. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Sarah Tacher. How are you? Great. How are you? Thank you for having me today. Yeah, it's a big pleasure. I remember our first episode. You're so kind to share this valuable insights. I love learning something new. And I see you're super active on LinkedIn to share tips, methods, stories. I love it. So valuable. <laughs> Thank you. Sarah, before we start, just remind about yourself to new listeners who might uh, who might not know you, but uh, about your business experience, your priorities in SEO and why you choose this direction, SEO. Uh, so I've been doing SEO for nine years. I've worked both agency side and um, client side. It's my passion, really. Uh, I like I like the full stack of it. I'm more I'm proficient like in on technical and content more than on backlinking side. Yeah, and uh, I just like it, you know. And uh, when you like something, you sort of give it your all. <laughs> Nice, nice, love it, love it. Sir, uh, tell about ACO support. How to provide this ACO support to your customers? Because, you know, I check out a few studies and from my personal experience, companies have no time to implement even uh, a small percent of uh, recommendations, tips. We need to tell them, explain why it's important to find a way to transfer this data. Because if you send them a list of errors they need to fix to write content, uh, in most cases, uh, they can't because of they have no time, resources, uh, I don't know anything, anything about that. And tell about your methods, how to help with SEO support your customers. Okay, so first of all, when you send a recommendation, first of all, you need to know the capacity your client has, right? Uh, and take that into consideration when sending uh, recommendations. You don't want to like keep throwing stuff at their, you know, their way and just call it a day. And then the second thing is when you work on a deliverable, make sure you remove all the guesswork. Like you want to send the technical user story to the developer, you want them to take it and not have to think about it again. What like or try to understand? It's very clear to them. They have all the information, all the steps. If there is a, like, if you want them to add a canonical tag, show them an example of the code. If you want them to do something, like be very specific. Show them what you exactly want them to need to, to do, and then. Um, and send it to them. This have uh, this specifically was one of the things I got positive feedback on when I worked with developers. Um, if if your developers keep keep coming back to you to get clarifications, then you're not doing a good job. You should ideally get 99% of the questions or anything they need. They should get 99% of the information at least when you send them your first deliverable. Um, if they keep coming back and coming back, then um, it's either you're not communicating correctly or um, maybe you need to give them alternatives because, for example, their back end does not support the recommendations you want. Then this is where you need to find a, um, a work around, right? Um, so removing the guesswork and then um, building good relations with people. And this takes time. Uh, I think patience is, is the best thing to have as an SEO. Um, it's easy to get very discouraged, like quickly discouraged when you get like a rejected, your, your recommendations rejected or you get told that they're not a priority right now or they get uh, stored on the shelf, you know, for when they have time. Uh, don't, um, you know, what, what you can do is just understand that you have not built the strong relations you need yet. And 
over time, they, if you build a good relationship, they will want to work with you. They will want to we'll start looking at what you have to offer, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, can you tell about your methods, how to build a relationship with web developers? Because it's a big struggle, you know. I often <laughs> see it when they don't understand or they don't want, I don't know, you know I can't take their minds, but uh, I usually explain it's important, please fix critical errors and yeah uh, let us know more about critical errors because you know when i check out on google search console on page insights screaming frog iTunes, many other great tools i see a huge list of errors i don't know what to fix what to do so can you tell about priorities uh, what to take first and how to explain to developers that please fix it or i <laughs> I think developers are always busy and then they always there will always be um, technical debt for them right so it might as well be SEO like you know they're, they're not gonna it's never gonna be perfect anyways so the way they think about it okay you know if, if I'm not gonna execute everything then it's fine I'm not gonna execute on SEO as well so this is like the the mindset uh, some some developers have and um, the way you do this is, um, as I said, like, like you need to send really clear, you know, when, when you send really good recommendations, really well written, they start to respect you. Like they feel that you put a lot of effort there. So that's one thing. Um, another, another thing is always communicate what you're working on and why. Like, so for example, I would, if I'm working on um, like a, a specific milestone, I would like create, make a meeting, invite stakeholders and talk about what I'm doing and why am I doing this, right? Uh, like take them through your thought process uh, because we tend like to make all those decisions and build a strategy and start bombarding everyone with like, do this, do this, do this. But if you uh, involve them in, in the, your chain of thought in the background, uh, it does help. Uh, when I worked in-house, I we had a, a channel dedicated for SEO on Slack. So um, I would uh, always post um, improvements, even small improvements, tests, stuff we're working on. And that started actually to get motivation, right? For, because people wanted to be part of this or start to see the value you're bringing, right? So people respect when respect when you show that you put effort in your work and when you show that you um, you are a subject matter expert, you need to have this confidence even if you don't have it. <laughs> like you need to come into the meeting. Um, and if you feel you're not confident, a way to a work around this is not to talk unless you have something really valid. Like, don't talk because you feel you have to. Like, it's better not to talk and, and still look good, you know, <laughs> instead of like, um, so yeah, minimize what you say. because So when you say something, it, it, it comes, um, uh, it, you know, it, it, people are like, start listening. Yeah, so these tactics and and again, always um, connecting with developers, see what they're working on. Uh, in the past, I used to uh, go attend meetings with. Uh, if it obviously some not not all companies have the give you the same access, but uh, if you can attend product team meetings, uh, CMS standups, uh, you don't need to just do this regularly, of course, because you're obviously you know you have your own. Uh, stuff to work on but to be part of these conversations and understand what people are working on and so when you talk to them you talk in terms of uh, whatever projects they're working on and how this is relevant and so on that's that's a good uh, approach as well mm -hmm. nice nice yeah 
love it, love it. I think yeah, it's important to uh, be confident and persistent with that because I often get reply. It's impossible. We can't do it in our uh, CMS. Okay, I think it's possible. You know, when you uh, not like force. I mean, like uh, to tell them find the way how to do it. Uh, then you get the bonus or something like this. Yeah, uh, they usually can find the way. <laughs> and, and, and Sarah, yeah, I, I want to add something to what you said um, and sharing credit. Right when we mm -hmm. talk about the results, we often forget the the unsung heroes, the devs. They also did part contribute to that. Um, and there's also something like I remember something from from the past. So there was this incident where. I was auditing a website. Um, I was in-house. I was auditing a website, and I found that um, users' purchase information was public. So basically, if you book a flight, for example, and I totally booked a flight, I can get like if someone searches for your name, they can get your your flight, the times, where you're going, the hotel you're booked, who you're going with, your phone number. <laughs> can you imagine like the the leak? It's, it's, it's it was really serious, right? Um, so I was sitting like two meters away from the COO, right? I could have just walked around and showed him like this horrible crime uh, and, uh, you know, take all the credit and look so cool. Um, but I, I like you need to have empathy for the developers. We all make mistakes. Um, I talked to my yeah. manager and then we talked, both of us talked to the developers and then we worked together to solve it without making it like, um, without like, you don't have to, make people feel like stressed out or like if they feel they can trust you they will work as well with you like you you came to them you're not trying to win points with high upper management or you're not trying to you know uh show off or anything you just you have found something really serious that needs to be fixed uh you obviously need to tell your manager and then that's all right like and, and you work with them on fixing it and Sometimes they actually, the devs actually don't know how to fix it. Like they would literally come and say, okay, we don't know what to do. And then this is where you need to brainstorm with them. Like you need to show people that you are their partner. You're not just someone who's sitting on the other side. You are on their side, right? Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. You mentioned that you uh, made an audit. I think you made a lot of audits. Can you tell your loving tools how to make this audit and uh tell about finding the balance between software or tools uh, and manual job uh what you can check out manually and what you can do uh, by using software and you know it's interesting one more question about that uh, i found that some uh tools show the average data for example i check out a few tools and uh, they gave me recommendations that i need to write 2000 words for each page that i have on my website and it depends you know it's like average data then i got the recommendation that i need to have uh titles are only uh between 50 and 60 characters uh, it's a big mistake if i have 45 characters it's the average it depends you know so can you tell how to find the balance between manual job uh using tools and uh divide important information from uh, obsolete yeah i mean surprisingly the best audit is starts with spending some time on the website you need to like if you just plug your url in screaming frog or whatever tool you're using and you start you know uh 
looking at the numbers and the data and what's happened, it's, you don't get a clear understanding of the website. So the best thing is actually to start with just looking at the website, the URL structure, like, you know, switch between pages here and there, uh, use the site operator. I, I start from there always, start from uh, search console coverage report, uh, pages report now, you know, uh, start from the basics and uh, manually check things, manually check. Uh, if I turn off JavaScript, what's going to happen here? Uh, if I, uh, for example, um, okay, are the, those links, for example, no followed for, or how, how are they implementing? Is the, the links on the bot, like, are they using buttons as links or, you know, like dig into the website manually and try to understand what's happening on the website, right? Um, tools are important. We cannot do that because especially when you're dealing with like huge website, uh, you won't be able to go through all the pages. And in theory, sometimes you don't need actually to go through all the pages. You just need to go through page templates, like the blog posts, product page, like, you know, the templates. Um, but so, and, and then from there, you can get an understanding of, in addition to, you have the business goals, you know, what what's more impactful than not. And from there, you can get an understanding of, okay, what is important? Uh, what is the most important things to get for this website to, to get fixed first, right? So, um, and once you decide on your list, I mean, like my audit, my my checklist audit, it has like over hundred checkpoints. I know people divide this into like I've seen people up to four hundred points. And like it's it's it depends on how you uh, describe the audit item you're working on. Uh, I go through it. You have and, and for each item, pass, fail, um, not applicable, or not audited, and then. For each item you have, uh, you assign a T-shirt value for priority. Is it small, medium, large, right? And and that's that makes it easy to communicate to other stakeholders. Um, and from there, you can build your user stories and fit them into the sprints. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice, valuable. Sarah, let's talk about uh, creating content. Uh, I think cre uh, content is the most important, uh, still the most important ranking factor. And if I have limited resources, I can create only content. I can forget about link building, many other things, because without content, nothing can help. So can you tell how to create content that people and search engines will love? Because, you know, I see, especially today when we have AI, it's everywhere, and we have a lot of content uh, created by AI, generic content, nothing special. Uh, even Google changes the policy uh, right now. That's okay to create content with AI, but if you create high-quality content. You know? So it's not like uh, to use uh, generic prompts. I don't know, like how to play a guitar. No, you can find uh, the reply to this question on Google. Uh, great articles about dogs, they usually take part of my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, can you tell or describe about uh, how to create content for people and search engines? I mean, like to add these keywords or not? Because you know, I found that some CEOs can tell. I don't care about keywords. I just create content uh, great for search engines. Google can recognize this content. Uh, others can tell, no, we need to use keywords. We have tools like Surfer SEO, Phrase, uh, uh, some others tool that can describe about that. So your methods, how to satisfy both search engines and human being. Yeah, so first of all, I want to say something I always say is that 
if you want to increase the traffic to your website and you're looking for uh, something other than updating and creating new content, then there's no other end. Like that's the bread and butter. That's the core thing we're going to do. Like all other activities, the technical stuff are uh, link building or whatever. All of these are to support the content you're creating. So that that's that's the the mindset to approach content right that's the core thing that's the core activity that's the the biggest lever that's the the lever right um and then when it comes to balancing between um keywords and uh just writing uh useful content i i just want to say that if you actually write actual useful content you can and and not put keywords on your mind you can actually rank right um that can happen uh and and there are a lot of people and a lot of bloggers that started blogging without much knowledge of SEO and they were ranking, right? But if you want to maximize your potential on search, right? If you want to leverage as much as you can value from search engines, then you need to consider keywords, right? Um, I mean, anyone who has SEO clients that never did SEO before and like they come to you, they have a website. Obviously, it's getting some traffic. It's not, it's just, it's not, it's just, it's not getting its maximum potential, right? So, oh, you have two. Oh, they're so cute. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, you know, they, they often take part of my podcast. You know, sometimes <laughs> I need to take them. They stop blocking, you know. Don't worry about it. Usually my kids are like in the background, but because they're in school now, we. Yeah, yeah. nice. So you, you, using keywords is making sure you're maximizing your potential in search, right? You're making the best use of your content, right? And then um, with all the changes happening in search, and uh, I, I'm not done actually looking at it yet. I'm still um, looking uh, into it. But uh, we can see that personal experience is going to be a big factor because I mean, if you think about it, that's a key differentiator between AI generated content and human um, uh, written content. And and then that's the only thing or that's the main thing that can make your content unique, right? That's because it's you and everyone is unique in, in their way and their experiences and stories and um, and their thoughts, right? So uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure like experience and personal takes on things is going to be like uh, very important uh, this year and moving forward. And um, a few months ago, Google already changed EAT to EEAT, adding the an experience to expertise. So um, this all show because I mean, uh, AI can imitate expertise, right? It can imitate like you can create an AI expert on health, for example, or whatever, right? But personal experience is, is different. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, that's, uh, and it's really hard to replicate and that's the thing that's going to bring value. And, um, the reason people are shifting or, 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 or not shifting, the reason that TikTok is becoming, for example, very popular, uh, even using it as a search engine, not just for like to scroll through the videos is you want to see what other people <clears throat> have to say about something, right? Like mm -hmm. just the other day, I, um, I bought a, a mint plant and I, I wanted to know how to take care of it because I, I, I have murdered few plants in the past. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I have a, I'm a serial killer for plants, unfortunately. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I, I Googled it and then, you know, I was like, you know, man, no, that's not what I like. 
I don't know. I wanted something fast and some real advice, not just something that's, I don't know, curated from somewhere else. So I jumped to TikTok and actually went through the videos there. And I actually got the advice. Like, you know, you find someone who got a small plant, like similar size as you do did. And like they share, and especially like they sound like you, like they're like, this is the first time we ever, or, or the, you know, like if they share an experience and you feel the similar to you in, how, like your where 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 they started when they were taking care of their plants is where you are right now. This is where you, you feel like you know you feel this connection, this connection, not this <laughs> this right. So, um, so yeah, personal experience is gonna be big, and I think uh, video content and short video content uh, as well is gonna be really big. Um, mm -hmm. And in a perfect world, I would recommend to everyone to embed short videos on their websites and create videos. Um, I know not all, all clients and all businesses can afford that, but I mean, with the massive amount of AI tools coming into play, I think this is going to be easier and easier in the future, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to ask you more about AI content. Uh, I had the conversation with, uh, Jeff Coyle, he's co-founder of market use, uh, recognizable AI tool. And, uh, he told me that in the future we'll have three companies the first company will develop ai the second company will implement ai and the third company will be obsolete can leave the trade you know and uh today i think ai is not the future it's it's present i am yes. using uh, ai as a regular tool every single day i love it but uh i found when content creators overuse AI. For example, I, I cooperate with some great writers who can write for Forbes, Bloomberg, Investopedia. So they have experience, a lot of publications, huge traffic on these resources, uh, SEO traffic. But all of them, all of them without exception, use ChatGPT. <laughs> they generate content. So we usually speak to them. We can't deny this tool exists. Yes. We can use this tool, but we need to use this tool smart. And I remember a great example from Elon Musk before he started to criticize ChatGPT um, and signed this letter, by the way, uh, to procrastinate the process. Uh, then he changed his mind so fast and bought expensive equipment to Twitter to develop this technology. <laughs> no, yeah, interesting about that. But you know uh, what they found uh, on Elon Musk tweet when he shared the screenshot uh, from ChatGPT, uh, how he asked this prompt. That was not like how to play guitar. He asked hard question uh, with a lot of details. And I spent a few times to read uh, this question just to understand what Elon Musk want to get. And he got unique answer. So my main question is how to use AI or ChatGPT or any other tool smart that will help to create high quality content, not to create a new piece of content that exists in many other websites. Okay, so first of all, I just want to highlight something I've uh, got from an expert in the field recently, uh, in, in mm -hmm. AI field recently, and they said that as AI tools and uh, LLMs and ChatGPT develop more and uh, become better, we will need less prompt engineering, right? We will need less complicated prompts it's not going to be as complicated some like right now it's not that complicated but 
if you like if you want something specific or maybe very advanced maybe you need like it depends really on what you want but it's going to be easier and easier and you can think about this the same way search in google was like you needed to search a few times to get what you want right now it's less and less and less uh because it understands better so that's the direction uh we're we're heading towards um i i think content creators should use ai but we need to understand that right now it's it's a new thing it's it's just like released last november i think or yeah around that time um and people when something new comes uh people tend to abuse it <laughs> in the beginning right mm -hmm. everyone overuse it abuse it and then what happens is that after a while people start to see the negative impact of this right i and and google also need to find a, a way to handle this because there's a massive amount of content being pushed right now right um so once people see the consequences of this things start to balance a bit right and 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 uh like a, a level of equilibrium right and we're not balanced yet uh and this is like you know in the past even in seo we everyone in the past we used to think about seo as manipulating google that was seo right we're trying to trick the search engine to rank us but after a while this isn't working anymore and people started to realize that we actually need to do actual work right <laughs> Uh, so that's what's gonna happen as well with all this AI content. Like right now, it's it's easy to fall into this because there isn't a clear um, consequence. What's gonna happen? A lot of websites with AI content are ranking. What's gonna happen? You know, once we see people, for example, move away from that, they don't want it anymore. Search engines maybe not giving you the value or the uh, ranking you wanted or once there is something that's going to happen, that's going to balance this out, right? Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the future, not the future, we are in AI, but the future is for those who master this. Because um, if you're a copywriter and you're just, I mean, it, today you can still hire copywriters on Upwork for all sort of prices, right? And if you're a copywriter and you're still offering, I don't know, uh, $5 an article or stuff like that, uh, very soon you will run out of work because people are just gonna go and get AI tools to write for them. It's ch even cheaper. Like if, if your selling point is the price for content creation, specifically textual content right now, it's not gonna last for long, right? It's, it's, it, this is not, your unique selling point is not going to carry you much, very much longer. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Yeah, awesome. Uh, you mentioned about EEAT, you know, <laughs> yeah. I asked Lily Ray, please film a video about EEAT for my course. And she, she replied to me, what uh, is the length of this video? I told 50 minutes. And she replied to me, I don't know how to explain about EEAT <laughs> for 15 minutes. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's a huge topic, but she wrote me uh, a checklist of all parameters, plus 50 parameters, what you need to do with EEAT. But can you tell how to satisfy or measure this score? Because, uh, for example, we have estimation for uh, domain authority, page ranking but we have no score for eeat and today it's important factor i don't know direct indirect it doesn't matter you know uh, i don't care 
uh, and I don't understand why people are asking it's direct or indirect because, for example, if uh, eating healthy food uh, is indirect factor for uh, building muscles, but many uh, experts can tell uh, that 50% uh, of results depend on eating healthy food, not from uh, uh, spending time on gym uh, and uh, direct factor. So anyway, uh, especially today when we have AI content, uh, AI content can't satisfy the intent. Can you tell how to measure EEAT and your tips how to improve this score uh, or uh, get more trust authority uh, in, uh, for Google and customers as well? So the easiest way to look at this is that to understand that E, E and A are actually all trying to get you to the T, trust. Like the main or the most important thing or is trust, right? Is this website and this person and that content or all, the entire thing, right? Is this trustworthy or not, right? Uh, that's the question. That's what Google is trying to answer. And that's what the users are trying to answer as well, right? Like um, even, I mean, in, in social life, they say people would uh, know if they can trust you or not in like, I don't know, 20 seconds or there's, I don't remember the study, but like just by meeting you, they unconsciously, we look for things and your way that you greet and small things. And we start to say, okay, I can trust that, per that person or not. And that's the same way people look at websites, right? And how important trust is really depends on how, how uh, critical this website is like to, you know, your health, your money. So for example, if you're looking at a movie review website, you may not like be very uh, picky, right? But, or if you're looking for, but, but, but I mean, but if you're looking for some health advice, this is where you, okay, who's this? What's that website? Like, you know, you don't want a random person writing random stuff online. Um, and Google doesn't want that either. So the whole thing is about trust, trusting the website, trusting the author, trusting the organization behind all of this. So you need to, even if you've never read Google Quality Reader's guidelines, you go to a website and just look at it. Like that's what I do actually when I want to audit for EEAT first. Like the first thing I do, I just look at the website and, okay, is this website trustworthy? Would I put my money here? Why and why not, right? And that's where you need to start. Like uh, they're about page, for example. Um, what does it say about them? Do they have uh, even small things like links to socials? Uh, what are the socials look like? Um, the the expertise or the of their authors uh, are these subject matter experts do they have um do they have uh you know uh, established personal brand on online or like you, you just need to look at the whole picture and say okay is this a website and content and author that i can trust or not uh that sums it all right in, in or in a nutshell um and the level of how much you need to worry about this is directly proportional to how critical your industry is. Mm -hmm. You know, you remind me of my son when he uh, usually asks me to buy Nike, not new sneakers. Dad, I need Nike. I need this Nike. We have a lot of other great brands, uh, Puma, Reebok. Uh, now... I need Nike, you don't understand. <laughs> so yeah, because of this trust, because of authority. Uh, Sarah, 
I have the question about something that I often do. Uh, I made a lot of mistakes in my life. I keep doing them, but I can learn from them, yes. you know, <laughs> because, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I think everyone starts from uh, best practices, uh, generic strategies. Then when we fail and in 1990%, 1999 uh, we fail because uh, generic strategies don't work we can adapt learn and find something that will work for us can you tell about common mistakes that the masters still do today and your tips how to find a much better way common mistakes i would say okay i would say the things that developers complain to me about like the things i would when I talk to developers, they would say, like, for example, being ambiguous, like uh, I had a developer tell me one time that the previous SEO would come to them and would say something like that's the recommendations. He would say, uh, speed up the website. That's it. That's the recommendation. Like, mm -hmm. really? <laughs> that's why they hired you to come and tell me like, like, OK, how? What do you want me to do? Which pages? When? What? Like, you know, a lot of questions. Just speed up the website. So um, being ambiguous, being very generic. Uh, that's definitely a big mistake. Um, another thing is, um, I, I, and I did that in the past, I actually, is you might have, if you're working on a small website, it's very tempting to not jug down your strategy and what you're working on specifically in a document, right? You, you know what you're doing in your mind, like, okay, this is an e-commerce website, a small e-commerce. So I'll start with the most important category pages and I'm going to build topic clusters around it, stuff like that, right? You have it in your mind, but you didn't write that down. And um, even if you chatted to the client about it, you need to have a strategy document, right? It doesn't have to be anything complicated. You just need to show them you have some level of a plan, right? Uh, I, you don't need to like dig into a lot of, it doesn't have to be something so advanced or anything. It, it's just, you need to show there's some level of a plan. Uh, even I, I, you definitely have a, have a plan. It's just, you need to document it, right? It's not enough to just, you know what you're doing. It's, it's, and we trust, you know what you're doing, but we need to see this uh, on paper. So uh, that's, uh, that's really important. Um, and then I, I just want to say that mistakes, generally speaking, will keep getting repeated until you learn the lesson and then you move on to different mistakes and then different mistakes. And, um, it's, it's always going to be there, right? So don't be like too hard on yourself or on others or, uh, what works for me is I'm too hard on myself, but on, not on others. Uh, I mean, it's good to try to hold yourself to higher standards than others because, you, not not because you need to be more empathetic towards people. You don't know their story. They you have, they have a different journey. But then you need to push yourself to the to the max. And uh, I, sometimes it's not that good to be hard on yourself. Sometimes it, it sucks. But um, a, a moderate amount of that is is definitely uh, helpful. So yeah, that I would definitely recommend a bit, a bit, a tiny bit. <laughs> Nice. Okay, got it. Uh, Sarah, I have a few questions left and uh, I want to speak not about SEO. I want to speak about you. You know, uh, I found that all experts have their strong sides and most of speakers who speak on my podcast can beat me in one side. 
in some specific directions. For example, uh, Ferry Cazoni can beat me in PR in one side. Uh, Olga Zar can beat me in technical optimization. Uh, Jeff Coyle can beat my ass, you know, <laughs> with advanced strategy. Lily Ray much better in EEAT. And uh, I want to know the strong side of Sarah Tahir. What is your strong side and how you can help your customers better than your competitors? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I'll tell you what. I, what I do is whenever I work on something, so technical content, backlinking is not my strongest, like uh, not my strongest skill, honestly, but technical or, or uh, content, whenever I work on something, I try to make sure I understand it the most I can, right? And over time, this accumulates. So I wouldn't say I'm like the expert, the technical expert or the content expert. I wouldn't say that. But I would say I know well enough to be able to handle most of the stuff that come my way. Um, I So... Obviously, there's a lot and there's tons of awesome SEOs out there. Awesome people. I learn from them all the time. Um, and every single person has their like unique thing. I think the thing that I've heard a lot from my clients is the enthusiasm. <laughs> like, like if I like something, I, I get like really excited about it. Um, so, yeah, I would say uh, knowing your stuff well enough to be able to address any situation uh, and part of this is actually knowing what to do if you don't. And then uh, for me, just being enthusiastic about things. <laughs> yeah, I think without enthusiastic, without passion, it's better not to do it. You know, I remember when I uh, found a great project and invested a lot of money, resources, hired a team of great experts to go ahead with this project. And... But I didn't have passion about that. I just chased money. I felt that I can earn a lot of money to use this trend. And uh, after three years of investing, wasting a lot of time, I quit. <laughs> I gave up with this project because I hated Monday. I love Friday. And uh, yeah. I didn't feel good with this project. <laughs> and it's more interesting that I didn't understand this business. I, it's not my uh, even close to my skills uh, I just chase money and that was a big mistake and I completely agree you need to be enthusiastic you need to love to enjoy the process it's not like to be happy when you achieve something no way you need to be happy every single day when you do something when you enjoy the process so yeah I couldn't agree more with that and you know I, I, yeah. the other day I, following up on your question the other day I was thinking what's the difference between I, I know we we don't like to use the word expert i know it's like being abused right now but just just for the sake of the conversations that if you want like what's the difference between being an expert in something and not being an expert in something is just funny enough is just focusing on small things every day as they come through your way and just trying to get as much depth on that small specific thing right and it, it's it's it like it, it can like if, if someone starting today and wants to be like a, an SEO guru or like uh, wants to like really master the, the craft, they might feel like overwhelmed. All of these stuff coming out and all the documents and documentation and, you know, all the tips and everyone is writing stuff and they don't need to absorb all of this. They need to 
just see what comes their way and make sure that those small things they master them right yeah yeah uh you know people can call me ex an expert but i can call myself a student you know because you know, yeah because uh when i speak with uh, different experts uh, i understand that um i need to learn i need to go ahead you know to improve my skills and i don't see the end it's impossible to learn SEO. it's impossible really because but you can craft your skills in some specific direction and my direction is management i love Man, uh, manage uh, great experts to achieve high results. And Sarah, my final question about the future of SEO. You know, <laughs> many things are coming. Uh, we have AI, but it's only the beginning of this revolution. As uh, Bill Gates said, the era of AI uh, has begun. And uh, I think uh, we can deny this tool uh, and we need to adapt to this tool but many things can change our environment i don't know probably metaverse but uh, right now we see facebook uh, quit this project uh, uh, chat uh, gpt i mean like bin have this chats uh, bart uh, from google so can you predict what kind of future will be in your uh, vision and uh, how we can adapt to this possible future um as, uh, what I have on my mind is not uh, very uh, positive. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like and and uh, it's not realistic either. But uh, in terms of SEO, I, I mean, building on previous uh, data we have when Google pushed the uh, rich snippets, uh, we are we know for sure that there's going to be a drop in CTR that we on the ten blue links, right? We we know that this is. I don't think anyone is uh, second guessing that, at least to to my knowledge or anyone is saying no the 10 blue links will still get the same um amount of clicks it's just how much so with the like the current um setup of search we lose around 25 percent of clicks so i estimate maybe double of that uh lost uh but then um there's the 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 thing is we as seos are gonna move towards being more marketer, marketers than being just very SEO specific because now we're going to talk about videos. Now we're going to talk about, um, you know, other uh, uh, better better uh, photos or better image, images, right? Uh, more talking to customers to understand what they really want and trying to answer that with our content to try to get into that uh, AI answer uh, box, right? So we're going to move a lot towards being marketers and a lot of the stuff we, not a lot, but some of the stuff we are focused on right now may definitely change. And generally speaking, um, uh, I'm not, I don't remember the quote or the saying, it's uh, the people that survive are the, the, the ones that are able to adapt the most. So we need to adapt. Uh, I mean, I, I was just saying this morning, uh, you must admire the preserve persistence of those link builders that keep reaching out on LinkedIn to sell their, like the, the whole world is changing and they like, they don't care like links and guest posts and DA, I don't know what. And the whole landscape is changing and people are uh, worried about losing their SEO jobs. And these are like, nothing is, is happening out there. Uh, obviously that's not the right approach <laughs> to anything, but um, yeah, I think that, that, we are going to need to focus on 
different types of content, not just text. Now we need to also consider heavily video. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think marketers uh, that uh, created marketing campaigns for radio and TV didn't lose their jobs when yes. digital came. They adapted to digital. And right now, uh, I think if you have experience in SEO, because SEO doesn't teach you how to rank your website on Google. Of course, SEO can help with that. But SEO teaches how to create high quality content, how to increase website speed that customers need it. And you can use these skills to any different environment because content will be king everywhere. So you can adapt the skills to anything that future will bring. And of course, we have AI and I think AI is the same like when people got first combines, you know, they didn't know, oh, okay, combine can replace them. No, they uh, learned how to drive this combine. And I think in the future, we will have more uh, new occupations like controllers, uh, prompt experts, I don't know, or even, you know, even uh, uh, AI can generate this uh, content. We need, someone needs to create these prompts, you know, to check out the quality, to become editor. So, yeah, we'll see. I think future will be shine if you are done, if you are not lazy because uh, the era of lazy. Cat. Yeah, I have my cat as well. <laughs> nice. Sarah, Sarah, it's a big pleasure to get on the show, to learn from you. You always share a lot of valuable insights, guys. I recommend to follow Sarah on LinkedIn. Yes, I do because uh, uh, Sarah posts content uh, regularly. You know, you can learn a lot of great insights. Sarah, tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. LinkedIn. <laughs> this is where LinkedIn. I live. <laughs> yes, okay. I live there. Okay, nice. I'll submit your LinkedIn account, your website uh, in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. Love it. So valuable. Thanks, guys, for listening and watching us.